Hello, I'm Phil Sweet there, 360 Creative Coach, and welcome to my vlog, where it's both my mission and my pleasure to highlight my creative journey in hopes of inspiring you, giving you a specific takeaway. All that way, your journey can be at least a little bit easier. Now, before we fully dive in, I would love to invite you to subscribe if you haven't already, that way you get all the various lessons and episodes that I put out right when I put them out. Thank you if you just did, and thank you if you already were. It truly does mean a lot to me, as I hope it does to you. So, uh, let's let's dive in. You know, overall on paper, not necessarily tons of you know things in the creative realm. Mainly, I essentially was working on the animated feature script that you know has been ongoing. Uh, I mentioned last vlog that I had finished the first draft, and so this time around, you know, essentially. All that was was left. I was kind of giving myself permission and, and space to to step back from it, right? And I thought maybe I would do some writing on my novel, um, but my front half of the week was a little bit front loaded in terms of other work for uh, you know the jobs that I do and stuff like that, and so I didn't get as much of a chance. But all the same, I sort of gave myself grace to, you know, just kind of relax and, um, you know, not be so hard on myself. I did get new designs for the film, right? So character design. So I gave feedback on those um, during that time. So that was sort of a simple, easier task. And then I also got a partial chapter of the the nonfiction book that I'm writing about filmmaking, where I work with a ghostwriter, and so he submitted to me, you know, another portion of a chapter, and so um, I was able to read that, give some notes, and so forth. So that's moving forward, um, which is good. So you know, things are still progressing in various ways, right? Um, but as far as the animated feature, uh, so. My collaborators, John Comerford and um, Sarah Stratton, you know, they, they reached out to me of when they were free to give me feedback, right, on the script. And turned out it was Thursday night. So um, that Thursday night, essentially, we got together and had a very lengthy session of notes. Um, we started at 7 p.m. and didn't finish till like 12.45 in the morning. Um, and yeah, I, I really appreciate both their time. You know, I mean, they've essentially been with me every step of the way since inception to now. And really, it, it was wonderful to, you know, see what worked for them, see the things that weren't as clear, and also the suggestions that they had for the piece on how to elevate it, right? Now, because they've been part of this journey from conception, they know what's in my heart, and so it's about clarifying it. And one of the funny things, um, you know, and I know they're right on, but I used to joke, you know, they were like, okay, so when this happens, you know, what are you trying to accomplish? Is it A, you know, this, B, this, C, this? And I was like, D, all of the above. And of course, you want things to be layered. That's not what this is saying. But you also need the audience to get it. And, and certainly, 
you know, this this movie just thematically is very ambitious of what it's trying to showcase and put the characters through. But of course, none of that matters because you have to tell it in a simple way and in a way that the audience can understand. And so that's why you do need to kind of pick and choose and can't, you know, a lot of times it can't be D all the above. And, and for those that can accomplish that, it, it's an amazing, amazing feat. You know, it's, it's wonderful craftsmanship and talent and all that stuff combined, right? So yeah, the, the note session was, was lengthy, but, you know, um, inspiring. At a certain point, you know, um, I've talked about this in the past in terms of the physicality and the stamina that takes to make art, you know, specifically as I was talking about it then, it was based, based on the writing, right? Like the idea of physically sitting in front of your computer for, you know, multiple hours, even something as like seemingly small as an hour or two hours taxes you physically. And so, you know, we often negate that. And for me, you know, um, it was really wonderful to being able to have their time and their engagement on such a very deep level. But certainly there is a physicality to it, you know, um, where you hit like hour four or whatever, and everyone's starting to like waver a little bit. Luckily, um, you know, their their notes have been written down. And so they're just kind of giving that feedback and, um, you know, um, all that stuff. So it's not like we're having to like come up with stuff from scratch. Uh, but yeah, you know, it, it, it just is sort of interesting in that way how stamina does play into art. You know, just another example of it. But most people don't think about it in that way. And especially, you know, this is not my full-time job. It's not anyone else's full-time job in terms of working for me, right? And giving me these hours and hours of notes. And so, you know, we always have to do it on the side. And so that's why like starting at like 7 p.m. Um, and things of that nature. And, you know, sometimes this is what it takes. And I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not one to advocate for like burnout culture and, you know, just go, go, go. But certainly there are instances in life where that's what it requires. Um, this was one of those instances. So, you know, you have to kind of fluctuate and, and, and things like that. The good news is this is exactly where I wanted to be, you know, since the time that I started. Meaning, I have a first draft, right? Albeit very, very not um, not a great one. I knew this, like, you know, there, there was a lot of placeholders, you know, it was they would just say like they train or they fight in certain scenes, but it was just to get a clear picture of what the hell this thing was. And now based on their notes, you know, just basically right after the next day and over the course of the weekend, I revised 40 pages, which 40 pages and give or take three days. That's, that's for me, pretty good. In fact, that's, that's very good. And the nice part, the reason why I was able to do that is, A, they gave me very clear goals to shoot for 
Now, we're not at the stage where it's like, you know, just revise these lines of dialogue or change this up. Like, you know, some of the stuff has to be fundamentally altered and things like that. But because I have their notes and the foundation of that original script, it's a lot easier to do that because you're drawing from something as opposed to creating from complete scratch, right? And that's why I say like in terms of wanting to be at this place right now is because there's all that stuff for me to look to, right? I even have, as I mentioned, you know, character designs. So I can look at those and, and see the characters in my minds and be like, okay, well, how would they react and so forth, right? So I have a much clearer picture of this world, who's doing what, you know, is it natural, is it not, and so forth. So that's a good place to be, you know. Um, this is my favorite place to be because now this is where things do speed up in that way. It's just a matter of making the time, putting in the time, and so forth. Um, and when I think back on it, I mean, you know, I look back at writing that first draft and felt like, you know, it was kind of slogging along to get to the finish line. But really, you know, as I look at like the the polished outline that I used to create that first draft, that polished outline I finished on March 6th. And, you know, essentially I had the first draft done, what, like May 22nd? So, you know, you're looking at good chunk of March, April, and a little bit of May. That's actually, I mean, certainly other people can crank out scripts faster and things like that. And perhaps, as I said, if it was my devotion and, and, and I had that full-time ability to, to do that as opposed to just writing on the side, yeah, maybe I get there faster. I mean, who knows? But, you know, I look at, at it for me and... I'm like, oh, that's actually, it's actually pretty good, right? And what was I so, and it's Catch-22, like part of that drive, you know, is help, is what like propelled me to, to finish it in that amount of time. But I also can recognize of like, you know what, that's, that's a decent, that's a decent time, you know, like that's not terrible. Um, I, I can appreciate that and, and where we're at, you know, as I said, I'm, I'm now, this is, this is the part like, I'm excited. I've been waiting to get to like, let's go. Right. And so my goal for now is just to rewrite. And now this is technically officially going to be the actual, what I call the first draft, you know, that, that one in many ways is just like basically a glorified outline in script form. This is now, okay, here's, here's the script. So, you know, that's, I, I'm, I'm really excited for that. And, you know, as far as June, that's what I'm going to be looking to complete. Um, you know, the unfortunate part is there was a lot of great script writing competitions that I felt would have been fun to submit to, like Screencraft, Austin Film Festival, and so forth. But unfortunately, those deadlines have passed. Um, so it is what it is. Um, but that's okay, you know. There'll be others. Um, the The main goal is to just keep going and keep polishing this this thing, and seeing, 
you know, where I can take it, right? That's, that's really the fun of it all. And so that's, that's what I'm going to be working on. Uh, there's probably, um, just as a heads up, I, you know, because I'm going to put a little bit of focus on that. There might be less lessons and episodes that I do put out for the month of June, but all the same, you know, by taking that step back, I think it, it will help me also to, uh, share stuff that is even more insightful than, you know, like it'll bring me new insights that I get to share, right? So you can look forward to that. As far as anything else, um, you know, sort of fun thing for me has been, uh, I got this indoor bike and so I, I, I've been watching movies and biking, which has been really great for me, right? I, I love to bike. But now I get to essentially combine two things into one. And so it's been fun. You know, I've kind of been rewatching some past Fast and the Furious movies and, you know, episodes of TV shows and things like that. Um, you know, and one of my sort of, I guess, uh, not dreams, but like, you know, one weekend, I just want to basically binge watch a bunch of movies while on the bike. Like, do, just do, you know, an eight hour session on the bike while watching eight hours worth of movies. Like that to me sounds fun. And, you know, it goes back to that idea that I think art requires not only stamina, but us to be in physical shape and stuff like that. And so, you know, this will be a, like, it's just a perfect marriage for me, you know, just watching movies, but also, you know, being healthy about it. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to, for, for that full day. And yeah, it's really just kind of been part of my routine. At the end of the workday, I'll just hop on the bike. You know, sometimes I'll just put on like a 30 minute episode of something. Other times, as I said, you know, I'll put, put in a movie. But and that's kind of been my routine. And I really love that it is part of my routine, you know. So looking forward to that. Um, lastly, I just want to end on kind of some sort of random thoughts, if you will, um, things that have been going through my mind. And something that I heard in a recent episode of Pulling the Thread is that, what do you call a doctor that gets bees in school? And, you know, the, the, the guest was kind of, or sorry, the host was thinking about it. And the, the guest answered, well, you still call him a doctor, right? And it's, it's funny um, in that way, right? It speaks to even my own trepidations of writing, you know, how fast I'm writing the script. Because at the end of the day, you know, let's say slow writing amounts to like a C, like like a B or a C or whatever. Well, that ultimately doesn't matter as long as the script itself is an A. And I know the analogy is not perfect, but, you know, at the end of the day, like, a doctor with an A or B's in school, they're still a doctor, right? And so there's something something fundamental there that, you know, we, we, we put this pressure on ourselves and yet ultimately can be the same result. Now, one might think that, again, you, you might prefer a doctor who had A's in school and things like that. But it's not necessarily always the case, you know? Sometimes you want someone who's 
experimented, um, who's, who's tried and learned those lessons. Um, you know, I'm not someone who agrees like that you can't learn anything from success. I think that's horseshit. Um, I think we, I think you can absolutely, and I, I have learned from failures, but that doesn't mean you can't learn from success equally. Um, and then that's the only way. And I think we over-index failure in that way. But the point that I'm making, I think someone who's oftentimes in life struggled a little bit, had adversity, AKA a doctor with bees, you know, can sometimes course correct later and, and be better and be more knowledgeable, whatever the case is. Again, this is, these are just broad generalizations, but if anything, the real, real takeaway is to question all those sort of beliefs. Like, you know, you can find counter evidence to any of it and we can't accept anything as like full capital T truth, you know, and, and make those broad assumptions. We have to question all those assumptions because as I've just pointed out in my own example of it, you know, you can go every which way and, and you can find evidence for this, you can find evidence for that. So it's a matter of just kind of sticking with it and, uh, you know, doing doing what's right for you and questioning everything, essentially, is what it really comes down to. The last thing, I, I don't know, to me, it's a fun thing. I just, you know, kind of like talk about it with my friends. Um, but to me, there's been no better time to launch a, a Hollywood studio than now. And I jokingly say, like, if I was a billionaire, that's what I would do. Now, why do I say this? You know, yes, the Writers Guild of America is on strike, uh, in theory, joined by SAG, which is the actors, and then the DGA, which is the directors. So you have this cacophony of, you know, a good chunk of, you know, above-the-line people, essentially, is what we call them, uh, people that are on strike in the Hollywood system. And a big component of that is as a pushback for the payments and the use of AI, right? That's kind of a crux of the, the big crux of, of what's really going on. And when I say that I would launch a studio right now, that's not me being a scab or anything like that. It's more so what I would do is I would bet on all those people and I would tie them to long-term contracts and essentially give them whatever they want so that I could retain them as talent. And I'd essentially be betting, okay, I'll take these humans and, and go against essentially the bet of AI that these studios seemingly want to try to make. You know, they think they can utilize AI and just make art. Okay. I would go up to my talent on day one and be like, I want ideas and like get as inventive, creative as you can possibly get. Nothing derivative of what we've seen. Like, let's, let's see the cool stuff. People think that Hollywood can't make new stuff. Let's prove them wrong. Let's make the next franchises of tomorrow um, or just standoff stories. doesn't matter. Let's just go. Like I would, you know, and, and yes, it's like a bit of a pipe dream of fantasy and things like that, you know. Um, it would require sort of like Elon Musk money to pull off, 
But I say it because I believe in it and it would be very curious. It would be a very interesting thing to see this pulled off. You know, if somebody wanted to like essentially disrupt the whole thing. Now, part of where it stems from ultimately is that the studios themselves, yes, they're essentially against, as it stands, um, all these people. However, one interesting thing and in, in what kind of rounded up the 2007 writer's strike was that at the end of the day, these studios are competing against each other. And so nothing prevents them from making a side deal with any of these entities and saying, hey, we're going to use this as a working deal until, you know, collectively a, the, the bigger deal with all these studios and you is worked out. But for right now, here will be our working conditions. So that way we can continue to make stuff. And that's what happened last, last time out. Um, and all of a sudden it forces the hand of these other studios because, you know, if, if one of the studios is making stuff while the others are essentially handcuffed because they, they're, they don't want to give into the, well, they're not handcuffed, but, um, they're not giving into the demands of the writer's guild, then they're missing out. Right. And that's hurting business. So I think, you know, certainly one of these studios, I think that's how this domino starts to fall is one of the studios makes that sort of deal. But then to me, the, the logical extension of it is like, you know, if you're someone that's ambitious and again, like it would take, take that, like, um, you know, there's this joke of there's fuck you money, but then there's like, fuck me money. Meaning like, like fuck you money is like, I'll just do whatever just to show you. But fuck me money is like, I can do whatever. And if it goes tits up, it don't matter, right? That's why I say it has to like take Elon Musk's sort of money. But that's what I would do. I would literally just, you know, and I believe in it, right? I really do. If I, if I had the money to do this, I, I would do it in a heartbeat. Um, you know, and certainly I try to, with just my own work, try to make it as fair for everybody that I work with um, and so forth you know, in the ways that I can, right? And try to, try to be that change, you know, that I wish to see as the, as the famous Gandhi quote goes. But yeah, so if you're a billionaire or know any billionaires and they just want to do something cool, that's the bet I would make is I would start a new studio. I would hire all this talent, make deals with them and let's get to work. You know, um, the other studios want to bet on AI. Great. I'd make that bet 11 times out of 10 times any given day. You know? I mean, why, why, why do we say that Hollywood has no original ideas anymore? Well, because everyone's so scared and, you know, it's all like it has to be IP that people understand and so forth. And it's like, no, a good movie will penetrate if you, if you make it right. And if you market it right, you know, that's the other side of it. There has to be marketing involved and things of that nature, but... I don't know. I think we've, in many ways, become so lazy in that, and and, and on a men- like it's it, it comes from a place of fear as opposed to like no, let's just make cool stuff. That's why some of my favorite movies continue to be foreign movies because 
they don't get shackled in that sort of way. And, you know, a lot of times like their funding comes from film grants and, and things of that nature. And they just, you can tell the spark of there and it finds like such truth in a unique way of stuff you've never seen before. And it's, it's wonderful. Whereas Hollywood, you know, yeah, to me, like, listen, I think, I and mean, then I'm not, not, like, there's a lot of wonderful, wonderful movies out there that Hollywood creates every single year. Don't get me wrong. But in general, um, you know, that that sort of feels like the public sentiment of, like, oh, it's it's all just the same unoriginal stuff and, and whatever else. And I think part of that is, yeah, um, they're scared. But, but also, too, the reason they're scared, you know, they're scared to market some of the more original stuff out there. Or they don't know how to market it, right? Or they might market it incorrectly. So, you know, it's that marriage of product as well as how you promote it. But it is possible. I just think people in general, you know, in the business and that on that end of it, have gotten lazy. You know, they just want the simple thing of like, oh, well, nobody wants it. It's like, no, no, no. Just didn't market it to the right people. So... Anyway, just my two cents on the whole issue. Uh, As always, I invite you to share your thoughts, your opinions about any of this, about stuff that I didn't talk about. You know, comment down below or hit me up on social media at PhilCTech. Would love to converse with you. Likewise, if you appreciate what I do or um, would like more direct interaction, thinking that I can help you, then, you know, consider looking into my Patreon page, patreon.com slash PhilCTech. It's only $10 a month. Uh, there's just one tier. Everyone gets the same thing. And, you know, there's ways for us to interact. You get behind the scenes looks at, at the various stuff. Um, so, yeah, that is available to you. So, thank you so much. I truly do appreciate you. And I'll see you next time.